Good morning, Mayberry. We aren't going to talk about the rebranding and conflation of slavery, fallout, general racism, and class war. We aren't going to talk about PETA activists de-anthropomorphizing black people to make their points right now. We don't have time. We're going to talk about whatever I edit in next. Because I'm the producer, I'm the host, and I made this music. I'm Shift Orion, and I'm not waiting on Superman. Who the fuck are you? <sighs> I'm Christy motherfucking Warda. <laughs> That's what's up. We fought to get here. Uh-huh. We have virtually succeeded. We sure have. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where to start. We can start like so many places because can't you can grab anything right now. It, yeah. I mean, it's cosmic chaos on a big level. Oh my God. It's the, it's the solstice. It's the solstice. It is. Ooh, solstice that we've been waiting for. I mean, haven't we been needing it? It's not just we've been waiting. Like, we've been needing this transition. We've been needing it bad. For years. For years. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And just, okay, wait, right on cue with the struggles of the day, as soon as we start recording, there's trucks backing up right outside my house. I don't know if you can hear that, but it's happening. And it probably will be audible at some point. It's a great day. It's a great day. It is. The sun is shining and it's good. I'm excited for, uh, I'm excited for change. So I feel like we're on the cusp of it finally and we'll see. We'll see. I am looking forward to to longer days. (laughs) Right. You know, I've been trying to teach my kid like, about things, you know, and just making, having him make observations. And we were driving in the car the other day and I said, you know, it's, it's 4.30 and it's almost dark. Remember when we were driving in summer at 4.30 in the afternoon and it was bright and sunny and the hottest time of the day. And he just, you know, his six-year-old self just looked <laughs> out the window like, wait, what? Like I had, you know, like I had brought something into his worldview he had not considered or realized, you know. Mind-blowing. Epiphanic (laughs) moment of, (laughs) it is almost dark, you know, and then I did it again with him another evening. We were driving home from Grandma's. It was 5.30, and I was like, 5.30? We usually hadn't had dinner yet, right? And he'd be like, right. And I still daylight, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so, I don't know. I feel like I'm the only one teaching him about the Earth and the planet and what's happening right now. Oh, you're not alone, but you do do a cool method with it. Your style, your individual relationship with your kid is really particular. But the way that you handle science things, I love. I love the way you broke it down for me. And, you know, that that was one thing I had the privilege was having science professors in college, specifically at Santa Rosa Junior College. Like, they made science simpler. And one of them even pointed out, like, if somebody doesn't make things simpler for you, how can you learn from them? You know, like, somebody has to break it down to a level that people who don't understand can understand, you know? And if you can't do that, like... Why would you be a teacher? <laughs> and I was so just important. Mind blown. Like, yeah, that's my goal as a teacher is if I can't make this simple enough for a six year old autistic kid to get like, 
how could I teach it? You know, mm-hmm. like I and don't understand actually, it enough, you know? Yeah. That's really, um, it's cool that you're saying that because the last episode, the little tweener episode that I put up, Tiana and I started talking about the vaccine and Tiana mentioned that the vaccine will give immunity to the person vaccinated, but does not stop them from being a spreader. Right. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I started clumsily piecing together very poetic interpretations, trying to make a visual understanding. And at one point I referred to anything in the biosphere as cells, basically. Like in my mind, I was imagining like other organisms come into your body and they're locked within like your lungs. And they're not necessarily inside your cells, but they're mm-hmm. like locked in your body. So I used the word cells. And then Tiana was like, well, not exactly cells. And so we did a little back and forth on like, I know I could, Tiana didn't preach to me. There was no, I know more about science that came anywhere out of her mouth, but that was evident to both of us. And it was just a gentle kind of leading back and forth Mm -hmm. about like where I was at and where I needed to get to and where, where I was at and where she could get to, you know, both, both directions on like, what did each of you understand and could share? The important thing I wanted to make clear was that people need to really understand this vaccine plan as it even is, isn't a solution for things going quote unquote back to normal. That's what right. I was getting towards because there's a moral to the science lesson that can practically be applied to people's behaviors and choices. Right. Um, like, no, I mean, certainly stability and comfortability are, are human needs and like people want that to be something they want to they want that feeling again of stability and normalcy and we won't achieve it in the same way now than as we did before like things have shifted things have changed and um, any chance of feeling that stability has to be an embrace of like adapting and changing and, and finding a new sort of normal, like mm. resisting that, that change that transpired this year um, is, is a continued disregard for reality. <laughs> mm. You know, like, no, we, we are different. We are changed because of this. We have to grow. We have to adapt. And a new normal will emerge that will feel stable again. But more people have to practice reality. You know, yeah. it can't be living in this, you know, myth or sort of fantasy world that, like, how they operated before is going to just pop back into being here. That's not, no, we're changed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so I usually am pretty we good with changed. that narrative. Yeah, this this year specifically, because I I'm, I actually am I'm a very I'm a, I, I, change change hurts my heart. Like even when it's good change, I am a very nostalgic person. That's like at my core. That's it's something mm-hmm. I've grown out of uh, due to um, uh, due to um, fucking heroic efforts, frankly, like wandering into Occupy and like becoming that person that I became. Mm-hmm. And during that period of time, th- I was grieving a lot because there was a lot of changes. Every time there was like a raid that shut everything down and we'd have to set it back up or, or never set it back up again. Uh, anytime there was some kind of a, a change in the zeitgeist, um, I would have this grief, but also things were moving so quickly that it, it really changed a lot. And then my life got harder for the next 
several years and it was just change after change after change. And I've had a year of like relative stability mm-hmm. in like a practical sense, but uh, psychologically and socially and all these other ways, there's been just a ton of changes. And that's been most of what I've had to roll with the punches on and just be like, okay, this is going to be a new normal. Mm. It's always going to be a new normal. It's going to be fine. Yeah. But like this morning, I had a fucking meltdown about it. Like I actually snapped and like had a whole, mo- I was like laying in my bed, curled up in a ball, literally crying and saying out loud, like, I want to go back to normal too. Mm-hmm. Like over and over and over again for a while. And like that just, I, I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine how rough it is for people that don't have capacity to kind of like shoulder any of it. Right. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do and say for them because the the way it's manifesting is as this violent tantrum that puts everybody at risk. Right. But it's real. It's sad. I wish we'd make space to just grieve it all together or something. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, that, that is something I don't think everybody really grasps about a reality right now is how much loss has been endured and, and people are just persevering, like oblivious, like not grieving about it. Like, you know what happens when you don't grieve and you, and you, and you ignore grief? <laughs> mm-hmm. I sure do. I sure do. It gets worse. <laughs> I, well, and there was, there was some articles that came out towards the beginning of the pandemic that started talking about how we're grieving as a culture, everybody, individually, mm-hmm. the world, um, probably Americans a little more um, ag- aggressively, uh, expressively than most because we're fucking spoiled. And so it's harder for us to <laughs> and not have it. And that a large number of people here were, have, are still in a sense of denial about this, that, there's, that this is a hoax, that it doesn't even exist. I, well, okay, <laughs> I have room for them. I don't actually <laughs> believe in this because science is rough for me. I don't get it a lot of the time. Uh-huh. I have no shame in admitting that. And I'm down to have conversations with people who are willing to be respectful of me. But yeah. I, will, uh, I will literally like burn a bridge and a person on site about that disrespect vibe that comes from people that are like, what do you mean you don't blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, that's, that just won't fly with me. Um, and wow. I get defensive I, of anti-vaxxers because of that effort. Cause I see right. that people want to make it. There's like, we want to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. We want everyone safe. So mm-hmm. we are going to do the very thing that's going to not get what we want. We're going to scare parents and make them feel like we're their right. enemy. And stupid. shame. Just dumb. Right. Yeah. Right. Make them feel right. stupid. Make them feel like they're, they're, um, make them feel like they're your fucking enemy. That's the only thing I can do all the, all the dots, but I don't want to take up that kind of time for this kind of bullshit. Stop doing it. Don't do it. You know. If you do want to know what to do, email connect at goodmorningmayberry.com And we'll talk about how you can pay me to train you to be better <laughs> at talking to people who don't think like you do. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's important to be able to break things down and make them accessible. To invite people in because good Lord, you know, I mean, I, it's not that I want, I think like we, we spoke about this previously, the idea of, you know, competition and a lot of people are really, you know, concerned about knowing more, being better mm-hmm. than rather than looking at it as like, 
hey, it's a potluck. I've got some stuff I'm bringing to the party, you know, like mm-hmm. everybody's bringing a little something to the party. And mm-hmm. and if you acknowledge that everybody can contribute to the party and you're all sort of bringing things you know and there's no better. I mean, let's face it, people at that party are still going to be like, who makes the best, you know, mac and cheese, who makes the best, you know, cookies or whatever like that's that's something that people just keep forcing on it but they can do that there's plenty of people who don't if you just stop with gratitude you know you can build connection with people who who have very different world views you know mm. but Word. i don't know that's hard i think a lot of people have their world view and there's an insistence that we must see it that way. And it's hard for people to understand, like, there's a lot of different <laughs> worldviews. Everybody's got a different vantage point from where they exist. And like we were talking about Christmas and the takeover of Christmas at this time of year. And that's, it's that dominant worldview that doesn't allow for the existence of others. And Mm. you're sort of clawing and screaming like we exist. (laughs) People who don't, you know, we don't really celebrate the old, you know, fat white guy falling in my (laughs) chimney, you know, after a year of surveilling my child of whether they've been naughty or nice, like whatever. (laughs) Like, like you really have, we all have to believe that. We all have to do that game every freaking year. Are you serious? I mean, don't you love your child? Don't you care about your child at all? Right, which is where I'm teaching my parent. Are you? If you don't think this shit's important, goddamn. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping to deal in 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 the realms of reality, and you know, marking the solstice and marking the transition of the planet and the wobble of the planet, and how to predict our movement, you know, and passing that knowledge forward to children, like I think is way more important than, don't get me wrong. I love Yule. I love the celebration of Yule, you know, the trees, the holly, the greenery, the candles, the the warmth invited in, in the cold time of year. Like there's certain traditions this time I appreciate, but like Mm. just the... Mm. The insistence of Christmas, the American Christmas, because it is an American thing that we're getting marketed here. Like it's, it's so fantasy and so hyper commercialized. Like it's not values I have with my child. Like it's not harmless. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's not. I had an interesting thing. It's not reality. I, we talk, let's take a little. Let's take a little water break for a second on the trail of this narrative that we're on. This conversation. Um, <laughs> Uh, so you just said you went from you said I, I enjoy the aesthetic of Yule, paraphrasing slightly, and then you jumped right to uh, the the like the vibe of inviting in, mm-hmm. right? Right. My my association with the aesthetic of Yule is being outside and and looking in through a window in the cold, in the snow. Uh-huh. When I uh-huh. envision that, I'm outside all right. the time, and it's warm in there, and I can tell, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's cold. I can only feel cold, but there's something about that window that you know it's hot on the other side. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's real specific. So it was really interesting that you just kind of casually brushed over. Like it's this vibe of like we all come together, but no, wow. liberals and centrists invite each other into a vibe right. that certain right. other people get to come into by proxy. I just have, I should have been invited into that vibe. Let me be clear. I should have right. been invited into that vibe. 
I don't get to be because there's a, mm-hmm. there's spiritual mm-hmm. centrism sure. in ways that doesn't show up in political centrism. A lot of the time I've noticed specifically mm-hmm. this Christmas mm-hmm. with like leftists flying around the country to go visit family that they planned before. No, I mean, Yule yeah. is a Northern European tradition. Like that is, that is where Yule comes from, from Scandinavia, from Northern Europe. So, you know, but it also comes from this freaking solstice, you know, like every, almost every single, like, culture on the planet has had a celebration of this transition because it marks the consistency of our movement. Like we're flying right now. We're hurtling through space. Mm-hmm hurtling mm-hmm. like when I'm sitting on my porch having a smoke I'm flying a thousand miles per, per minute per hour you know what I mean like I'm I'm flying I'm sitting still because inertia and gravity have me you know feeling like it, it you know I'm not moving but like the reality is that's how fast the surface of the earth is moving you know <laughs> and, it, and it changes depending on where you are you know what I mean like like time feels different on the planet also, because if you go up to like the North Pole or whatever, you, very, you have very little to move. You know what I mean? The surface of the earth doesn't have to move as wide and as far as it does around the equator. You know what I mean? Mm, uh, so, mm, mm. so you're you teaching know, me. I yeah. told you I'm an idiot. <laughs> what are you teaching your six-year-old? Because my parents <laughs> I want him to see reality. But like, this was so important, you know, years ago to everybody. That's why, like, there's so many temples and so many ruins and structures that were built to mark when this happened. And that's what people came together to mark was like this predictive, consistent spin is so essential to our existence. If it disrupts, our existence will be disrupted. So we have to continue to see and mark this occasion. It confirms what we know about ourselves spinning on this rock around this, you know, sun in this sort of galaxy and in this, you know, universe. Like, it's predictive. It's something that, you know... You didn't need major technology. You just needed observational skills to see it. And we don't, we're not teaching that to our children. I mean, some people do. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that still celebrate the solstice all over the planet. People don't seem to use the season for that in my experience. Uh, a good chunk of the time, I do see it. I do see it. But that's because I uh, curate my situationships a certain way. And so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people I engage with regularly, especially around the holiday season, my, my, um, my contact list tends to, uh, um, expand and contract seasonally depending on how tense the vibe is socially (laughs) and what I can tolerate, uh, culturally. So (laughs) yeah, I do see a lot of it actually. That's, uh, I'll be having another parent on here at some point. The the things that she finds important to raising her children align with the things you find important to raising your child. Right. Well, you know, part of that was just a promise I made to my baby. And that was sometimes the truth is going to hurt, but I'm always going to offer you the truth. You know, like I'm going Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, even Mm -hmm. if it's not good. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. And so it's been hard with a lot of the different stuff that comes up from the tooth fairy to Santa Claus to God, I made up 
the mountain trolls for a while. And he believed, he believed that. And I just, I felt so much shame and guilt for like creating this, this mythos, this fantasy that, you know, altered his behavior. Like it just was wrong. I had to explain to him that, you know, I made it up. I appreciated when you did that because I, re- I remembered it worked for you though. And I do understand because I've worked with a ton of small children a ton of them, like just buckets full. And like, they're absolutely fucking crazy. All of them, like almost <laughs> all of them. Some of them are a little more reasonable than others, but some usually they'll get into a mode where you have to kind of convince them around something. And you just don't, you maybe could come up with logic and reason, but you just don't have the fucking time <laughs> all the time. And so you got to kind of trick power things. of story. Right. <laughs> and, you, yeah, and sometimes for me, I tend to keep things realistic. And so mm-hmm. I will explain to them the many ways in which, the many ways in which I will ruin their motherfucking day. Like I'm real good <laughs> at coming up with creative ways that nobody thought about to ruin a motherfucker's day. Mm-hmm. And I can do that with children. I can do that with politicians. I can do that with businesses I don't like. It's a, it's a very uh, expansive skill that I have. It's great. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I appreciated when you did that because I remember being a kid and being lied to about certain things and knowing I was being lied to at a certain mm-hmm. point and not knowing how to handle that my parents were trying to convince me I mean, like it's it, so for smart kids, for kids that are informed in some way, either that see through the bullshit or somebody lets them in on it. And then, you know, say at school, somebody tell them something, not the kids are going out to school, but still they're going to find out Santa ain't real somehow. Then they want to come <laughs> back and get into that. If their parents are all in a vibe where they're going to insist Santa's real because they don't want to get into whatever it is that they're, I assume Santa's used to veil like, financial stress Maybe. a lot of the time because it justifies well it wasn't our fault that you didn't get what you wanted or like neutralize it's it's just i would assume it it's just behavior management yeah yeah it's, you know it is yeah with the evolution of elf on the shelf i'd never really thought of the naughty and, li- and nice list as like a surveillance training to you know surveillance acceptance training uh, tool or whatever <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was probably because I had uh, all that Jesus shit installed. And like, I was like, well, Santa must get emails from Jesus or something. But that was before email existed. Like, you know what I mean? Right. But also like in evangelical Christianity, like Santa is resisted on some levels because, you know, it doesn't, it's not the narrative of Christ's birth. It seems to get cut off just a touch earlier. Like in certain instances, they're real opposed to it, but, um, I think it's become socially more acceptable over the last few decades for sure. People come up with justifications. I think what ended up happening was there was, uh, there was some like intercultural marriage that, you know, it was like for a (laughs) long time, there were just kind of tracks, everybody bred in their pens and then the fucking 60s had like Woodstock, I would guess. There was event, like big events. Like I would imagine mm-hmm. it was like it was the concept of uh, like international travel becoming easier, highways getting built, like the VW bus getting available and rainbow gatherings existed. You know what I mean? Like I have a, I, I don't, it wasn't all those groups. But those kind of groups do matter to the overall narrative. Sure. Because comparing comparing notes is important. You know what I mean? If you grow up in a small area and you're talking to people that think differently than you, 
you know, you don't get to compare notes. Yeah. But when you interact with people who are coming from like a different city, a different state, a different country, a different, yeah. you know, positionality in life, like you can compare and, and hear different ways of doing life that, you know, you didn't necessarily know about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like my household was always so contradictory and sometimes they would just let me behind the scenes in ways that I was like, well, that just, now y'all are trying to go back into the act. And I'm like, I don't want to perform. Like, I don't, I don't have a, do I, is there a script for me? Cause I seem to not be actually, yeah, I don't think you considered that you were like, you know, bringing the audience into the house and that I'm just here constantly looking like under the hood. Um, but yeah, it's a that, lot of labor. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, yeah, and it's you know the things about Christmas that that mattered to me, uh, like they were always just marred with some kind of weird, uh, weird social expectation or weird like you know capitalistic obstacle, mm-hmm. just like problems with problems with so many things. And uh, I guess it's uh, like I always have seen like the underside of things at all times. I always see the backside of everything that's happening. And so as I, as I grew older, I started to notice like people outside asking for money. Like it's cold, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. winter. And I'm like Mm -hmm. with my family and we're all about being servant hearted Christians and taking care of people and they don't care, but I do like they don't. Mm -hmm. And I'd argue with, I had, I had issues. I'll get into that other times, but issues about, I wanted to do direct action mutual aid as a child. Mm-hmm. And I would argue with my parents about why that wasn't okay. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, you got, they were hella centrist and liberal. You got to give to charities. Those people might buy drugs and shit. And I was like, right. what business is it of mine? How do you know that? I'm like six <laughs> for this shit. Right. You know, like, right. My parents were terrified of me. They didn't know what to do. Like that's kind of, that was really my thing. Like the holidays, uh, you know, in storefronts and shit. I just, Black Friday is just one of the weirdest I can't believe that still was on. It was for a moment. I was like, "Uh oh!" And then it was like, "Oh, the stores aren't opening." And then I was like, "Well, of course." They were already scared. Like they were already scared for twenty twenties <laughs> last year before anybody knew pandemic was coming. Like the, I can't imagine how much it's. It had to be like year after year they started planning more in advance for the next year and the following year. Like just thinking strategically into how this how this phenomenon would expand. The hyping up of it is unreal. It's such an invitation for abuse. What a weird thing for capitalism to choose. Right. You know, why? What consumerism is so bizarre. It's just so bizarre. I don't know. (laughs) Because they're like, we need more fight club, I guess. I don't know. I mean. I guess so. I like, I don't know. I've, I've, I've resisted a lot over the years, like, with Christmas time, I've, I've resisted spending for decades. You know, I was making gifts for people that we would be spending the holiday time with. And, you know, just some, some years, just like, just leave me alone with it all. Like, right. you know, I feel like lighting a candle and saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of gratitude for where I am right now and I have hope for, you know, what's coming next and I'm going to mark this moment of transition. But like all this work, all this labor, all of this time, all of this money, 
all of this that is expected in a weird fantasy story. Mm. Like, you know, I mean, I get it. Like a quarter of the, you know, U.S. retail sales, like it's Christmas sales that make uh, the year. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Wait, what? Hold it's on. Go ahead. Just, <laughs> sorry. It's just so substantial to the economy, the way they uh, built it up. No, it's not. It hurts us. It's that's like, uh, like I agree. I agree. I agree the heavens, like for the for the billionaires, for the folks who make who, the all money four of them, and, and yeah, and, all, all twelve of them. Yeah, I mean, oh, and they're and they're eighty five children. Dude, like, look how well they've done this year. Come on! Oh like, my god! Oh my god! Okay, uh, so here's the thing: they're fattening themselves up so we can fucking eat them, everyone. I guess Amazon, so. Amazon's I mean, going to become Amazon's going to become member owned or employee owned by the time I die, right. or I will eat Bezos myself. I will fucking do it. I don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> like just corral oh, them up and say, "Okay, you did it! Yay!" You like, we'll name That's what you I'm know, that, right? He can. He have to give anything you. back. This is my deal. This is the deal that I'm proposing. He doesn't have to give anything back. No, take it and go. He won. He won. <laughs> this was not a game. Everybody consented to. This was no, not a game. We no. needed, but we needed this service as a culture, as a society. We a eventually marketplace. Yeah, a exactly. Single, yeah, a superstore of superstores. Right. It's great. It's fantastic. He Give also, it to your workers. Hold it up. I want to be really clear about something. Jeff Bezos did not build Amazon brick by brick with no. his two hands. Do you no. understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. We, don't, we do not need Bezos to have Amazon. We no. will not lose Amazon by fucking up Bezos. He's done. He stops now. Like, whenever now is, I'm fine with that right. in my lifetime. Right. Or I'll eat him myself. Give the, company, give the company to the workers. There it is. And I just want to be clear yeah. about that. It's a haunting I have to die, and he has to not have done this. You get what I'm saying? There? Oh, I know. So I know what you're saying. Fucking a, right? <laughs> yeah. He's he's going to stop. Yeah. He's going to what stop. More, what more do you need fucking to do asshole. or prove? You're done. So. Just go. He's done. Take he's your done. winnings. Take your winnings. Retire. Start something different. Whatever. Yeah. Keep the islands. Keep the solar powered yachts. Keep the fucking, you know, whatever kind of, I don't, I can't imagine what kind of kinky let's shit not. he's into. Let's right. not, let's not, we'll do that another episode. Like, I'm a, wait, hold on, I gotta take a note, I gotta take a note. As I was but like, let everybody else who's been a part of this now profit from it. Like, you did good, yay. Bye. Yeah, they can keep it. Give it to the people. And we'll, we'll sue them for it, we'll sue them. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, we will. We'll sue them for it. It doesn't matter. Let them go away with their money. They just it's empl- employee-owned formats already exist. Right. F- for God's sake, not state-owned, not you know, socialist or whatever. Just worker-owned. Right. Like give it to the pe- give it to the people right. who freaking m- make it. Now we need to finish what they started the last twenties. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like we can't. We have to finish what they started. The last 20s. Now, we already knew what to do and it was combated. We have the blueprints. We just need to make some adjustments right. based on the technology we have available. Not that as much far as the sentiment and the value, right? You know, we adapt for our time, but yeah, the idea is People need to eat. still here. We got. We got more toilet paper now <laughs> than they had back then, and we're running out of it because we're being idiots. Uh-huh. Like, man, <laughs> man. Yeah, no, and, and really, I'm just really glad that, like, Black Friday did not happen 
this year. It was nice. I didn't miss it. <laughs> no, I didn't either. I didn't either. I did. Uh, I did miss. I did. When Black Friday happens, I have a tendency to go and look up this one particular iconic Black Friday picture that shows up on like lists like eight signs that the world is ending uh-huh. kind of, you know, clickbait things. And it'll be like number six. And it's a Black Friday shot that looks like a Renaissance painting. Mm. And uh, one of my exes is That's front and center right. in it getting yes. smashed into a door frame, just like looking like right. they're going to I've die. Like it looks like there's so many people pressed up behind them, pushing them into this door frame. Yeah. It's great. It's so fucking fun. Um, and yeah, no, they're like, they're stuck against the door. So it's like, it's like the door frames right up in, in their collarbone, kind of their heads barely cranked around the side of the door, but they're right. It's like middle of the body. They're not getting around it. They're not tilting any direction. And they're stuck. It's the Renaissance of it is like the person right next to them is actually Mm -hmm. getting through the door and looks so (laughs) fucking gleeful. Like, yeah, bitch, I made it like this face. There's like a kid mm-hmm. with a parent pressed up on the other side into the window. They're not getting pushed because the dad's in front, are like behind the kid blocking the crowd from them and their hands are against the window. Nobody's trying to run <laughs> through the window. They're all trying to run through the door, but they're not moving. And they're just looking somber. Like, oh dear, what have we gotten ourselves into? And it just goes on from that. that every emotion that you can imagine in a moment like that uh, is all in this shot. So I did miss, I didn't look that up, but I can describe <laughs> it for everyone even still. And I feel even even better about my experience right. with Black Friday right now. Um, yeah, but like the piling up of people and like gifts and food and like vehicles on icy roads and now COVID, right. we're just piling up COVID. Uh-huh. Like I'm tired. I'm fucking tired. Like, yeah, there's a level of overindulgence that mm-hmm. is... Um, contagious here and the thing about overindulgence is uh, is usually a hangover that comes with ooh. that you know what I mean like tell them tell them about it <laughs> I mean and I know this from my own personal life like if you if you you know you just do too much yeah you're gonna feel it you're gonna hear about it your body you know and the earth and everything is gonna be like all right stop you know and, um, yeah, the, the, the number of people that will gather and share these weird stories and go into debt and put themselves, you know, at risk of being super spreaders or vectors and just the level of death and despair that comes this time of year anyways, this year, come on, it's going to be ugly, ugly into mm. January. Mm. And like, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying not to feed into it. I wish people would see the amount of energy that they're feeding into this machine, into this entity and just, you know, really start to think about what's real and what's important and in what ways could we just bring Christmas down a fucking notch and like... Uh de-escalate that bitch yeah like just just de-escalate it's uh, escalated it has that's the thing when i was a kid it was already kind of excessive it was already kind of a lot that was kind of a trope and you know the macy's day parade now watch the the miracle on 34th street and they got these floats that they fill like they manufacture all that shit just one day of the year right right And, and we know now yeah like i mean back then back then it was like people didn't really 
they didn't know to think about that shit so much. You know, like I imagine some people got it that worked on the on the edges of the industries that that like process the waste of that shit may have had some concerns, but they probably didn't even, you know, like in most instances. So like, well, the level of, um, I mean, what are we doing think, now? What are we doing? Especially, wait, in California, it's been fire season still into uh-huh. December and people put up lights. They put up Christmas trees yeah, in their there houses. A, there was a big Real story ones. about Coffee Real Park ones. neighborhood in Santa Rosa and the massive light display. And I was like, just shaking my head, you know, like I was like wow. palm to face wow. shaking, going, I mean, what are we doing? I was in Coffee Park after it burned. I, I play, There was a shelter right right outside where it burned. It was like a, a little bit away. And I was asked to come perform there and brought my little guitar out and played acoustic in the shelter. And then after, went and drove by some of what had burned. And like, I can't imagine. I also, it's like I knew a bunch of people that lived right on the areas that were getting swept up in these fucking they were so fast these fires they were so fast no yeah it was suburban i mean forest forest burns a little differently it whips it whips fast but like it's the it's the grasslands and it's the houses with all that just timber like it's just there's so much just kindling it's firewood it's ready to just go up well, and it was like the explosions from the uh-huh. the, the power, natural the natural gas lines, and like the, it was so like the, the way that the right. way the cars were blowing up too. Like it was so much to accelerate, and then the smoke from that fire. I remember when it came down here. I walked outside the first time it had took, and I was standing out there, and I was like, "Oh shit!" It smelled this different. is different. I'm. I'm, yeah. this is people, this is their, this Plastic is like their, and, their yeah. mattresses yeah. and their, and their playstations and their toxic. Yeah. They're fucking, yeah. They're douche bags yeah. and like they're, you know what I mean? It's their bleach from under mm-hmm. the, under the kitchen mm-hmm. sink and under the bathroom sink and, and the one that was spare in the pantry. I like I started thinking TV. of the items. Right. Yeah. Holy hell, man. Holy hell. Like, and I, Camp, it was so campfire smoke was visceral for me. I, see it you know like yeah no i don't yeah 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 i don't know that's i mean that's why i take this shit seriously Mm -hmm. because it fucking haunts me immediately when new ghosts are released and i can walk into their essence like i'm probably hearing them on the side anyway all the time but when i experience the scarring of a death like that that just walks through the air into our fucking land it makes me take things a little seriously and then I just kind of accommodate my life around the new knowledge that I need to be careful. Uh-huh. Or, uh-huh. You know, like fire, pandemic, everything. I'm not doing, I mean, I already wasn't doing Christmas, but that's part, <laughs> that's part of why I can look at it like this. Like, y'all, can you just, now wasn't your wake-up call? Like, this, it wasn't your wake-up call? And, and in Marin, we have the most America thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I just am going to talk about this as many times as I can before it disappears. We have, when you drive down right by our civic center in Marin County, right on the highway, you get off and there's on one side of the road, you've got the COVID testing site. And then on the other side, and that's usually where the fire evacuations shelters are and all of that. They do things there right on the other side of the street, literally two signs, arrow pointing one to to the left and you're going into the into the COVID testing, arrow pointing to the right, and you're going into the Christmas tree lot where they have the Christmas trees and the fucking pumpkin patch. And I just feel 
very American when I'm driving there. There's also like a row of flags like that you just drove past when you're coming in one of the directions or you're driving towards it when you're coming in other directions. So American. I've never pledged allegiance so much as when I've been laughing my ass off hysterically out of terror mm. driving through that area. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, what the fuck? Definitely need to reevaluate some priorities. Definitely need to think about, you know, what sort of legacy we leave for the children that, you know, inherit this <laughs> mess, you know. Mm. Hmm. Inherit this mess. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm having a, there was a fun thread earlier. Somebody posted on Twitter, what isn't a cult, but feels like a cult. And I was, I was like, I saw it. I hadn't even opened the thread yet. I was like, I am going to dive headfirst into this thread. And everyone who isn't saying everything's a cult, <laughs> I'm going to want to make sure we have a chat, right? Like, I'm just going to go in and just bop, 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 bop. It's my mm-hmm. own. It's like tag, but backwards. Like, that's I tag everybody. Um, and I'm always <laughs> it. And here we go. Like, this is great. It's lots of fun. So, um, yeah, I hop in. And there's a bunch of people that are like, you know, this feels like a cult, but isn't a cult. But I think actually it is a cult. And so I would just validate that is a cult, you know, and then some people would put just, oh, this. And I'd be like, oh, that's a cult. And mm-hmm. sometimes tell them why or how. Um, and so at one point, I I think I was the one that put the DNC is a death cult. I think maybe someone else had put that because no. that's not an uncommon narrative. Um, I'm, I was unaware that it's a Q argument, I guess. Maybe the DNC is just saying that now. I think they're probably just saying that now. That seems like a thing they're just saying. Like that the Russian bots mm-hmm. and trolls were after Harris. That wasn't real. I was like the day after she was announced as the VP and everything that I was already saying about her, oh, there's Russian bots <laughs> and trolls that are saying and listed all these things. And I was like, oh, heck. And then the next time I got on the internet, sure as shit, I just was talking my same talk, saying all the things right. that I've been concerned about the entire fucking time. And all these fucking blue wave, blue MAGA bitches came on. Oh, it's a, it's a fucking <laughs> Russian bot. It's a troll. It's a troll. Like I was just like, oh, man, at first it fucked me up. It was like grief shit. But yeah, no, this guy, he didn't think that the... He didn't think that the the DNC is a death cult, and he thought that I was a Q-pilled person. He came on with a whole laughy, laughy thing. So I said something actual to him. I was like, you probably actually really like the shit I have to say about Q. You should listen to my shit. Like, that's if you're, if you're tripping about it for real. Um, and I, don't, I can't really point him in exactly the episode and exactly the timestamp, but, like, I've done my part already, you know, like he could, he could put a little effort into realizing that there's nuance to people's positions and that he's in a cult and that's how it goes. So I just, it, but it's harder than that with somebody's in the cult. He's clearly a cult member. Um, but the thing about it was we were talking about medic Medicare for all and like that they're not prioritizing that in a pandemic. And that is the, that's the, that's the base argument in this thread about why the DNC is being called a death cult here. There's other reasons, but like, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of shit going on right now. People don't want to address. And so I think it's like, it's important that our election always happens right before the holiday season. Like, I don't know how that happened exactly. Like, was that tooled into place? Was that convenience? for like chaos and, and it's not chaos. Mm. It's awfulness. Was it, it's, it's just capitalism. It's actually order. 
it's it's painfully orderly, like to the point that organicness can't exist within it. And like chaos is not a problem. So just clarifying that. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's like a lot of, there's just a lot of weird static and like, I'm not sure what, I don't know. It's like, I feel like if it's not addressed holistically, people won't actually be able to engage the data points they need to, to make changes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what all the, it's like picking a lock where you have to hit all of the little things. You can't just hit a couple, right? You got to hit them all and you got to hold them the right timing and turn, yeah. you know, but it's, there's a way. You just probably. have to be willing to believe that what you believe is potentially not true. I mean, it's so much easier when you get abused when you're young. It's hard to have stability and trust if, you know, you're sort of questioning everything, but It's also less naivete when you're skeptical and questioning things or, you know, that voice in the emperor wears no clothes, you know, the kid who points out, you know, dude's naked. Like, just being able to speak that truth in that space can sometimes jar others as well. So, I mean, it's... It's a lot to ask people to be able to think that a worldview outside of their own exists. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not maybe it's not so much about asking them to see something outside of their scope, but like finding ways to get into their scope to kind of help them push the edges right. of it in certain places and then hope that the rest of it ends up kind of, you know, like pulling naturally in that direction because it was Mm -hmm. manipulated that way. Which is where, you know, as a professor and as a teacher over the years, my consistent goal has been to stay in the realm of real life and real world and not hypothetical because if I couldn't come up with a specific concrete example to explain a thing, then I wasn't able to explain it. You know, I mean, I shouldn't have to make something up. I should be able to just draw on a real example. And if I can keep drawing on mm-hmm. what's real, what's, what's material, what's factual, like then, then I could make, you know, mm-hmm. progress with students and helping them, think about things a little differently or become critical thinkers, which was often the goal of a lot of my classes. So. It's interesting how environment and platform really changes things because you're outnumbered in that circumstance. Like you've got more people that are receiving information from you in that circumstance. I guess I'm just, I'm I'm linking this to another item Mm -hmm. on the agenda list that I want to get into, which is that I am losing my mind at the idea of uh, New Year's Eve coming. I was joking so much about it. I was like, oh, fuck New Year's Eve. It's not going to be another year. It's just 2020's first birthday. Ha ha ha. It is funny. Don't get me wrong. It's That's fucking hilarious. Um, but that's also the anniversary of uh, my loved one's death, whose case was absolutely mishandled by Harris in a number of different ways that I personally think were intentional and really speak to the narrative of how the rest of her career trajectory went um, in that 
she likes white supremacists and cops and like, you know, just the murder that comes from them is okay. And the thin blue line is always extended to family of law enforcement. And I just don't, I just don't know what to do because I've, I've always had a bit of grief that comes up on New Year's Eve and, um, Harris popped up into the mainstream narrative a while back and I had to start kind of telling people, oh no, she's a problem. Like here's some things and here's a specific example, right? And what the response has been from, from the people that I've, the the closer and closer we've gotten to now, because at first people heard me a lot more, um, but the closer that we've gotten to the inevitable now, uh, it's become, um, well, that's just an example. Like, that's just, a, that's just a, like, that's just a thing that happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's blown off because it's an example as opposed to like being able to, um, to take as important in contrast with mm-hmm. whatever the fuck else, uh, so, yeah, I don't really have anywhere to go with that. I just want to mention well, a lot of I'm the going through that. It's- Harris is part of the savior complex that's coming in to make the world normal again. Like, they're not developing those beliefs on real or actual experience. And that's where the idea of facts come in is the only thing, the only reason we call something facts is that multiple people can stand around and see the same thing or make the same observation, right? And if multiple people can agree this is this way, it reaches that level of fact, right? And when people have empirical experience like you do and others who have spoken up about the patterns of Harris's track record, like those things become factualized because those are actual experiences, lived experiences, and a pattern has amused. Multiple people have said similar stories or found the experience similar ways. So it's always hard when you're sort of in that group dealing with people who are buying a narrative sold to them by the DNC or by their family members or like whoever is sort of convincing them that like Harris and Biden are going to come in and save the world. And, and, and it's, and it's not an empirical experience, but they'll debate you and act like they have that kind of empirical experience, even if they don't, you know, because they believe it so fervently, they want to believe it so fervently. And you, and you, you make them question something that they don't want to question because it feels so good to not question that, but to feel safe there. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a trip for me because like the the people that want to quote unquote debate me, um, first of all, they really do think we're in a debate, first of all, and we're not. Mm-hmm. I don't debate ever with anyone. I don't like it. I don't believe in it. I'm not competitive in general. It's a rare instance. I can't engage it but it's not my core and it's not my impulse. And I usually get caught up in the middle of a conversation, realize someone's thinking we're debating and playing out that script. And that just like throws me off. Cause I'm like, you recognize we're not, there's nobody watching this. There's no, this is just like a formula mm-hmm. you learned on TV. Right. And they kind of get weird when I bring that up and don't, they're like, Oh, you just can't have a respectful conversation. And I'm literally telling them they're not having a respectful conversation because mm-hmm. they're not seeing me. They're talking at my avatar about something I'm not going to talk to them about. Like, 
we can talk about the topics, but we are not debating. And, and the, uh, the thing about it too, is there are always people who are in my personal life and know my personal situation. So they know that I was 18 and buried a 16 year old black boy in a very unjust situation where things were never resolved. And this year, all these same people were doing June, like it was nobody's business. They were all manner of BLM putting signs out in front of their house, putting their kids out with little signs and t-shirts and shit, buying masks that say BLM and whatever all over the place. And people don't seem to get it. When, like, So what ended up happening was when, um, so like Harris was just like a regular person in the race for a minute and then fell out and everybody celebrated because the people that were listening to me were stoked. They were like relieved with me. And then folks of their own accord were not vibing with her. And like, what you know, it was like, okay, great. We don't have to worry about that shit anymore. The way that she was reintroduced into the mainstream narrative is so violent and, and option. It just speaks so much to that. There's no choice in the way that our electoral systems work here. And there has not been like when people started yelling vote, they weren't even bothering to say, I'm blue wave. I'm voting blue. Like they just, you know, they made an assumption, you know, they're against Trump and screamed vote. And then that was that their whole argument. My, my whole point, these people understood that I was grieving uh, anew because I shared it with them. Like I told them and that's why they came to me to talk to me about the things they wanted to talk about at the volume they wanted to talk about it in. And so I was just faced with suddenly everybody, everybody that was my support system, everybody that's my social scene kind of like, it was like a, um, like a body snatchers kind of thing or like a, like the matrix, like agents of the matrix. Like it was like, I never knew who was going to turn and want to have, want to use me to kind of like, um, to hump like a political boner on, like they had, they got all worked up on the porn. Right. And then they come to me because I'm just strolling around as like a vulnerable. And this actually plays into my thing where it's like the, the like liberals are kind of like a, Democrats and liberals to me scare me because it's like they're like cat calling men hollering at some girl on the street who's minding her own fucking business. And then and then like they want to like ass- assault her because she doesn't immediately give them head for like screaming something profane, usually, you know, or whatever. Like it's like and, and so for me, they'll come to me and they'll have these expectations that I'm going to play a certain kind of script out with them on topics that I have a very different and nuanced lived experience based opinion. If it's an opinion at all, usually it's not an opinion. It's just, Oh shit, you have an opinion about that. Oh, here's what the reality has been for me. So then they think we're debating because they think their opinion matters. They, it's a shit, it's a turd. Everyone has assholes. Everyone has opinion. It's a turd. They know it's a fart that they conjured up somewhere in their soul. They have to know that their opinions mm-hmm. aren't, you know what I mean? Like, comparatively to what I'm saying, they have to know this, but for some reason, because of the boner, because they're all worked up and tumescent on this shit, they just see me as a whole, as a fucking trash bin to jerk off into and spill their fucking load at. And when I'm not grateful for it, thank you, sir, for coming on my face without consent. Mm -hmm. I get attacked, right? So from there, I got a little punchy, man. And I started lashing on people that didn't fucking have it coming. Like anybody that even mentioned, I couldn't even look at these motherfuckers. I couldn't even think about these motherfuckers. I couldn't talk about these motherfuckers at all. These, by these motherfuckers, mm-hmm. I mean Harrison mm-hmm. Biden. 
Like, and I, I proxy, I couldn't really look or at or hear about Trump because I assumed that tailing that was going to be just <laughs> bullshit. Um, and it made me incredibly sensitive and, and frankly crazy for a couple of months. It took me a long time to claw out of it and figure out ways to structure the, the how am I going to establish the inside of my head so that when I interface with people who do not respect me because they can't see me because they have a really raging boner about something to do with me that isn't to do with me, I got to figure mm-hmm. out how I'm going to be in the world like that with that being, man, that's the, and that actually has been, if I take away all the details, that's been a script I've gone through ongoing over and over again in different iterations throughout mm-hmm. my fucking life. And I'm over it. I'm done with it. That's why I'm getting loud about it now. So New Year's Eve is coming. Ho, ho, hoes. And Twitter trolls are coming at me telling me the DNC isn't a death cult. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to do all of this. And, you know, you, you, you choose the right path, I think, because you continue to speak your truth and speak the truth mm. in public forums and the public spaces. And it is a powerful thing to do, you know saying what you see as reality and inviting people to see it too or to imagine that that possibility exists and then do those logical steps. If this, if this possibility exists, what else don't I know? Or what else might have been misled about? Or, you know, what more could I do to find... Um, the awakening I'm a, I, I feel on that subject, you know, and we don't always see it, you know, as somebody who speaks in public, as a teacher who, you know, attempts to teach critical thinking, like you, you won't always see it. Sometimes it'll be a year or two from now that somebody will see something, remember what was spoken to them about it, and then experience epiphany or awakening to it later. So it often we have to operate on faith. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I do have a lot of faith and that's why I'm doing this. I was talking in the last episode again, I was talking about that. I don't know why, but I do, even though I've been told by mentorship, I have been taught in my, in my life by mistake after mistake after mistake in trusting people. But I still have faith that white people can figure shit out and grow. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have faith. If I didn't, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do if we can't get through different levels of problems? That's the way I'm looking at it. Cause it's not, it's not gotta be, it just doesn't have to be so escalated. We could deescalate more than Christmas. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, it's appropriate because when you when you try to dismantle sort of the social constructions, you know, the the norms, the isms, the supremacy that sort of gets spoken into existence, like the more you speak truth to those ideas and to those to their believers, like I think it does have impact. I think there there is reason to have hope. You know, will will one thing do this? No, it's the consistent 
resistance. It's the consistent um, defiance and um, just continuing to speak truth to power that I think is what's going to work. You know, I have hope that if we could de-escalate something like Christmas, if we could make people more aware about this, 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 you know, game of hoops that we all have to jump through, you know, and, and get caught up in that it's really hurtful to us. Like, I think that would be one of those things that, you know, leads to continued questions of like, what else have I been lied to? What else am I sort of, Running a maze, you know, and and jumping through hoops for people's, you know, profit and for people's power over me. Like, in what ways could I de-escalate other things that may be harmful in my life and in my society? Like, I have, I mean, I have to have hope about that. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, and... I mean, that actually ties into another thing from the last episode that I just put out. Interesting, because you haven't listened Not to yet, it. yet, no. Yeah, no, it just came out. And like, yeah, I was talking about how I think we should cancel the word friend. My exclusive argument right now, I've got all my personal arguments about how people have manipulated me and harmed me the whole time explaining to me that they're my friend and that's why they can and are allowed and they'll go on for years and years sometimes. But my argument really is Facebook. I rest my case. The word means nothing, right? That's it. Um, so if we can cancel friend as a, as a word that's so important, like it can still be Mm -hmm. used, but it doesn't need to be what it is. Right. So we can deescalate Christmas a bit. We really can probably deescalate a lot, you know, and it'd be cool to have people because everyone's, I think the thing is, is people like to be celebrated and they like to celebrate each other is the thing. So it's kind of more about coming up with clever ways to augment that into a fashion that's actually healthy, Uh you know, like synthesize everything you want. You want to be healthy. You want, you want to be spiritually healthy, even if you don't recognize that shit all the time. Like it's not, it's just the thing, you know, and like, even if we're doing stuff against the nature of our health, we're still going to hit a limit with that where our body's like, ouch, and we need to, we need to call it back. Like we need to just kind of dial it into something that does make more sense, or we're going to fall off the edges of what's acceptable within the range of not health. Cause a lot of us live in like a, you know, it's like a, um, like a donut around where we could live of health in the center of that. Like we're like right on the, we're in a gradient right between or straddling the fence of in some ways. And like, um, this is a place where we could actually do something. And that something is don't fucking buy Christmas trees anymore. Chill out with the lights Make sure you're reasonable. Especially with the if you live in like an area that's experiencing drought and has been traumatized by fires. That's like, it. That's it. Going to bed at night with all of these houses around me lit up like does not make me feel comfort. It doesn't make me feel comfort at all. <laughs> Sketch. Well, and then it's like it's like um, you know. I just want to say it like this: Don't be a fucking narcissist. Like if I'm ever preaching about something or someone else is telling something somewhere about whatever, and you're like. Well, how am I going to make that work for me when I don't, it doesn't even matter because I'm not in an area that is brought, just don't, you know, if you're in a drought area, think about this shit. If you're not, then don't and tell someone who is in a drought area, if, take it translated into something you can do if you feel like you need to. And if not, if you're like, 
oh, I wish I could do something, but there's nothing I could do. You know, don't put that off on everybody else. Just recognize it as FOMO, fear of missing out. You would like to be involved somehow because you're a good person and you care. Right. That's enough. If you don't have a way to move, don't turn that into, well, how does that relate to me? Don't ever do that one. Because that's like a quick, what? You know, and then it doesn't even look like you give a shit, Mm -hmm. you know? But I know that's the type of person because I've had that conflict. And then eventually it's like shaken out to being like, well, what do you mean it was that you cared, but you didn't know what to do? Basically, like, just fucking shut up then. Just shut the fuck up then. (laughs) Anyway, all right. I don't know. I got a bunch of calls to action in this fucking episode. Ho, ho, ho. And that's H-E-A-U-X. Every one of them. But you can pronounce it ho or hoes. That's why I like that word. It's got versatility. Mm -hmm. And that dirty Zoomer Creole or something. I don't know. That's where I heard it from. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wait. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to fucking slap the shit out of these people with? Because I got one last agenda item that we have. We don't have to do this, but I do want to read it like this and see what happens when I say it. Uh, my, my agenda is fulfilled. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I just got this one thing. And then I added a note for another time. I just want to remind everybody that I was talking about what the fuck would Jeff Bezos's kink be. Kinks. He's got a few. He's got time to play around. That's so the last agenda item that I wrote the other day because you were doing this is roast shift. Can you just do that on command? <laughs> oh, you can. Not laugh. Oh, oh dear. Oh, all right. Oh man, what were you talking about? Were you talking about? Um, I, I can make a list of things you could roast. Me. You're, 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 you're being in the on the hunt or the look for a, a new dom, right? <laughs> oh, that was it. Oh no. Oh shit. Oh. Okay. Go ahead. Oh fuck. Oh no. god. How are we going to explain this to people? Well, you were talking about where you found like specific motivation and like being able to turn like certain energies into like action and and movement. Ah, that's true. And I was like, yeah, it was that. Okay, no, okay, it was that. Like, (laughs) all right. So when I have, all right, I have this problem. I get in these very intense situation ships that's, mm-hmm. that's all they are it's just a ship with it's white women what do these things to me like i'll get in these oh you're a different kind of white woman and then we synergize and then they turn on me and then i don't know why i do this again right. and again and so we were talking about how i was mentioning it is all of all of my people in my life are like why are you why did you do this again and every time i meet a new white person they're like oh <laughs> like, oh no so yeah no it gets more complicated so it'll be a white woman but then if it's a white woman who's like cis or head or Mm -hmm. monogamous (laughs) anything anything that contradicts with the way that i just kind of naturally approach life in a playful fashion and a very like open like i'm just here like who's got who's got high blood pressure who's got bad brain chemistry can it do anything to help Like that's, you know, and so it's like really like naive, like it's really just innocent that people have these weird scripts in place as programs in their like bonds of trust with, I just don't, I have a, I just struggle with monogamy. I, I recognize it now, but I have to run into it and then be like, what kind of monogamy are you? And, and what do you like monogamy? Like, what are you into? Because I'm around now. And so we interact and like, it's not, it's not a big deal. Like, it's really not a big deal. Like it's not, it's, it's adaptability. Uh, it's cool. 
And um, somehow it ends up biting me in the fucking ass. I, I got an issue where I show up in earnest and I'm like, hey, I'm adaptable and people like me adaptable. But then that quality in and of itself ends up, uh, you know, rendering me very submissive to a very, I don't know. You did, uh, Christy ended up turning it into an ad for, we were talking about making me an okay Cupid to find another. We were talking about just me going on the hunt right, about it. Right, I, just right. I just lost three actually. It was, um, white liberal woman, monogamous. Middle class, maybe. Oh, God. Suburban. Uh, suburban yeah, yeah, or... yeah, uh, yeah. In denial about all those things right, in right, some fashion. Right. A fully, um... I'm roasting myself. Fuck. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, but it's, but it's good because, I mean, if, if there's a consistent pattern of, you know, these situationships and the situationships are unhealthy or liberating or like whatever like it's good to notice like this is you know a thing and i have a feeling you're gonna run into another one soon uh, we'll see we'll see i i had a I had a thing happen this time though and this was one of the elements that i'm like oh no i'm like making new stuff mm-hmm. this time i had an epiphany like because this this year broke me i lost like I lost a bunch of people like towards the end of summer in little ways that weren't that big of a deal. But then the election season was just fucking scorched earth with right. bridges like all over the place. And so after, uh, you know, I'd say like uh, the end of November, I started coming out of this complete black funk, like this hazy, just cloud of uh, data, like just stuff. Uh Um, and I was like, you know, I think I might be doing this because I'm the white devil slayer. And in order to slay white devils, I got to drive them out of the places in which they're (laughs) hiding. Right. So I got, I'm saying I go on missions, I go on these quests. I think part of the problem is, is there, they think I'm something I'm not, you know, and I'm done Uh doing this Uh is the thing. So if it happens again, it's going to be a little different sure. all the way through. It always sure, is a little different exactly. all the way through. It's always been a spiral and not, even when it feels like a loop that I'm going swimming in a fishbowl, it's just because the spins are so tight that they look the same, but I've always been moving in a direction out of that fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, I guess, uh, I would like to mark this day as the day that's done. <laughs> that's, I, you know, I already knew, but I guess, you know, since the topic's up, I actually didn't really expect it to go quite right here, but it's done. Um, it's fucking done. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to encounter, I'm going to encounter white people and I'm going to get into their shit, but like, I don't have to get all fucked up by it. No. In that, you know, like I'm put the ads out. I'm on it the is hunt. continuing to see what you get from this or your sort of experience and how fulfilling it is for your needs. You know what I mean? There's, there's an there importance in, you know, any situation ship that your needs are being met. And if they're not like, yeah. It might, it might hurt yeah. on the way out. <laughs> well, that's the thing about it. it being tokenized is not uh-huh. a good thing for anybody because the thing is, is I'm not a token. So if you try to slide me into a slot I don't fit and run me through some kind of mechanic that I don't roll easily through, I'm going to do some kind of supernova alchemical shape-shifting shit while I'm inside that thing. 
And that thing is usually a precious mechanic of their life. Other relationships, things they love, things they do, their hobbies, their habits, their passions. They want to involve me in those things. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about when I say tokenizing me and sliding me into some shit I don't fit in. In a way, and that's not to say I'm not, I am an adaptable bitch. I am. <laughs> I, am I not? Am I not? I find you pretty adaptable. I yeah. I don't know. You know, I mean, I, really, if there's pushback, you'd be the one to know because you've seen me in some fucking states where I cannot be moved as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the thing about being an adaptable person is not being a naive or malleable, like completely malleable person. You know, it's, I'm not here. I'm not here to play the roles for everybody else. You know, like I'm not going to contort myself for others in that way, you know, but fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. When, you know, information presents itself and and I bring that into my understanding of the universe or my life or like what's happening. Like, yeah, I'm if it's if it's something that demands or needs change, yeah, you're you're somebody that rolls with that and adapts and creates a new space, a new career, a new whatever. Like you're highly adaptable. What happened? Oh, you have a visitor. Like it's your knee or your toe? It's both your knee and your toe. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be okay? Oh, thank goodness. It's great. I was worried for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> okay, so wait. Let's have a minute talking about your little DJ. Little DJ. He That kid sends me songs to mm-hmm. listen to. That are so good. Like, and then, what was earlier? What was the song that he broke into? What happened? And he busted into, oh, oh, um, he came in, he took something from you, or he, he ate the last bite of something. And you were like, did you do this thing? And he started singing Billy Ellish on the bad guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, he's six and he loves Billy no, Ellish. No, no, not anymore. And, like, not anymore. Oh, not anymore, he, but he, I mean, he, he busted went, out he on He, he goes gotta, through different trends in music. Like, he'll go hard in it, and then he moves on. I don't know if you remember, like, the Ramones. Remember when he had her? Yeah. yeah, of course, of course. I bet you I bet you he would remember word for what, like, the lyrics. If you put it on, he'd be able to oh, bust yeah. it out. Every sing now and then he'll like, let me play one or two of the songs. Oh, he doesn't like them well, now. He, yeah, he, no, because he's, he's into other things now. He's moved on. <laughs> no, because I'll listen. The songs he played, he, like, sent, he sent me, um, uh, it was, like, the EDM, EDM Sonic, what is it? Destroy Mind. Mind. That's right. the one. And I put it on my workout playlist, and I ended up putting it on its own playlist on YouTube, because that's the only way to put it mm. on loop on the YouTube. And so I did it like that. And now it's like, I do that to dance now. I used to do it for lyrics, but I do it to dance. And I've got like a, like a, it's all, cause it mo- it's, I, I've, I've been digging EDM. I didn't have a dance in me. My dance died altogether. It was only choreography for a long time when I was a kid. And then it died when I was an adult. I was like, I don't dance at all. And no freestyle to me. And then somehow I fucking discovered EDM in like 2016. Like I like fell out of that genre of music at all. And the EDM came about like labeled accordingly. And there was just a whole, it was this new genre and all of a sudden dancing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I go through phases too where it's like, I can't even. And then right now, right now I'm doing Christian contemporary That's music. Right. 
for some reason, but it's good stuff. It's not the, it's not like I went through a minute. I was You're doing bad qualify. shit. qualify it. From the 90s. <laughs> I mean, you know, I do though because it's like Jarza Clay and Switchfoot are actual musicians right. and like they're doing, they didn't, they didn't start their music projects just to do Jesus shit. They were actual musicians and then. The church is full of a lot of great musicians. It's one it of, is. it's one of the it places is. in American society where music is in, and creativity and music is often really encouraged, you know. Yeah, well, I was doing a study at first, and then it landed me on Jarosa Clay and Switchfoot, and then I just, it's like, I needed all the things I went through. It was important for a project I'm working on, but then I I fell into it with Jarosa Clay and Switchfoot, like, because they're just like, it's like, Dare You to Move is like kicking my ass right now, because it's like, I I listened to it on, on loop also when I was a tip. That was like, I installed both of these probably when I was like 14, 15. I can't remember how old I was when they came out, but they fueled my, um, I was always a table flipper. Like I was in a cult and I was listening to this music and the cult was abusive and doing shit all the time where they were gaslighting a bunch of kids and putting us in positions of extraordinary responsibility and trying to train us up in these bizarre ways. And Switchfoot and Jars of Clay absolutely wore my spiritual armor to get in, in these modes where I would be like, this is fucking wrong. I will not, I will die on this hill. I'll die on this hill and I'll, and I'll blow up the city on the hill with me. Like kind of shit. Like I was like, this is not, this is not what the church is for. This is not what life is for. I won't live another day like this is like what it hit like this wall. And then I would do something and things would change. It mattered. So I just, I mean, I, they, they didn't mean to train me that that was a valid response to oppression, but they couldn't not respond to my explosivity and every, everyone lived through it, you know, like everyone lived through my thing and like the bad shit went away a little bit, a little bit, you know? Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Music is powerful in a lot of different ways. I'm glad that my kids into music and Mm. is creative and exploring. I tried to put him in, you know, drum lessons a couple years ago. He threw a drumstick at the teacher, so Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had to to pause that. Yeah, maybe later. Maybe, you know, exactly. That's how I felt about it. The drum teacher was a little bit disturbed by it, but, you know. Sure. Maybe. um, (laughs) Nobody got hurt. I do. I have a thought. I have a thought. So YouTube videos about things like drumstick tricks, right? Like if he gets mm-hmm. into that and you get him some drumsticks and a practice pad. Right. One, and then he can practice drum rolls. And if he takes to that, it'd be really good for his dexterity. Um, it's actually pretty easy. And it would be, it's the kind of thing you just kind of play with, you know, like you don't necessarily need to like step right into the, yeah, I don't know. I got, I'll, I'll come up with some YouTube videos about this particularly. Um, but yeah, he if he if he gets in a process with the drumsticks, reintroducing him to a person that's going to teach him to do more with that with a bigger kid. Yeah, I think, you know, my my first instrument and what I was taught on was the piano. Mm. And it was helpful to learning, you know, how to read music and stuff like that. Like, I appreciated the piano, but I think um, what would have been as helpful is to start with the drums mm-hmm. percussion timing and really you know focus on rhythms and focus on 
timing and tempo, you know, and I think that that would have been as essential of a foundation as the ability to read music. Like I, I got those things as time went on, but like, I don't know. I guess if I had a piano, I'd teach him on that too. But well, I just it occurred to me when it, when it might be a good time is like after he starts doing fractional math. I got a theory that he'll be into fractional math, and then when mm-hmm. he starts getting used to those numbers, introducing a drum tablature is so simple, and right. like also starts that track of uh, like linguistic patterning. So I don't know. I think and maybe I just need to get him a set of turntables and let him actually just be DJ. I don't know. You know, like, I'm, I don't know. Both and. We'll and see. I was talking about before, <laughs> before the pandemic, I was going to bring my MPC up there and teach him to right. do some digital music production because he was getting into sending me shit. And I was like, wait, he's listening to what now? Like, that's, I'm, I'm up there. We're going we're gonna to play with my little device like this this thing can make any noise like it can play it can make any song i want to see what he comes up with because he was he was doing ideas um yeah he likes to play on my mom's uh, keyboard right yeah no he's, yeah and he's, it's he's, not he's, just for sort of what he can create as far as his playing it's definitely what the buttons do yeah and what word, can, yeah sounds he can get from them so Word. Yeah. 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 It's a good time. It's a good time. He's, he's a lot of fun. Are you, uh, yeah. I think, well, I mean, we need to wrap this up. We were, I was right. thinking we were going to do it. plenty of content at this point. Oh my, I'm going to have to edit the fuck out of this. That's, yeah. this. I was like, oh, let's do like 40 minutes at most in my mind. And here we are. It was worth every moment though. Thank you. I'm glad we finally, um, were able to connect up and, and get this session. And yeah. Yeah. This has been, this has been a solid episode. The solstice. Uh, de-escalate Christmas. I just cannot, I cannot stress enough. De-escalate something in this in this American culture. Mm-hmm. De-escalate something, mm-hmm. if not Christmas, something. Um, and ground ourselves back in in more of reality and what is important, what matters really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this time next year, I'm probably just gonna re-air this episode. We'll be like, oh, let's go back. We're going to revisit the Escalade Christmas. Are you kidding? You know what's going to happen. These motherfuckers. Okay, so the pandemic will shut down Christmas this year, but maybe it'll be back next year. And if not next year, the year after, right? They're going to come back so flipping hard, like encouraging stampedes for Black Friday. Like, you know how this shit's going to be. This episode will be relevant for a long ass time because these people are like like salivating about being able to get back out and create the frenzy at this time of year that they want to create. So it, it actually hadn't occurred to me until those words came out of your mouth. But yes, somebody's kink is Black Friday stampede. Right. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Y'all, we got to wait. See, hold up. We got to watch out for that shit because somebody whose kink is Black Friday stampedes is going to run around the planet acting like other things are what's important to them to make that Black Friday stampede happen. So when you think of it that way, look at other bullshit in the world and think about it like that. And just, if it doesn't make sense to you, if it ain't resonating to you, maybe listen to Switchfoot or Jars of Clay and see if that <laughs> sparks a flame in your soul to get you to stop that shit right now. Because teenage oh. we managed to do it and not get eaten alive in a very abusive dynamic. It was a very bizarre circumstance. So I just really think, let's stop it. 
Let's stop. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Christy. Uh, it's a pleasure. You're yeah. welcome, Shift. Word. We'd like to thank our patrons on Patreon and everyone who's bought our merchandise. Find the links to all that stuff and our social links on goodmorningmayberry.com. We've got closed captioned episodes on YouTube. Subscribe, listen, and rate us on all the podcast spots. If you're wondering who we are, we is me and my demons. And you can join the Legion by following our Tumblr, Twitter, or Instagram, jumping on the Patreon, or just buying one of our shirts and wearing that around, drinking the tears of whoever you like the least uh, out of one of our mugs. And uh, coming back and checking out the next episode. I'm Shift. And always remember to never forget, I can never be too big for my britches. Y'all motherfuckers know who this is. I'm Gifted. Merry Christmas.